I'm so excited to announce that the Triathlon Hour is officially supported by The Feed. I've been a loyal customer myself of The Feed well, well before this, and I think if you train for triathlon and haven't also shopped through The Feed, then you're just missing out. The Feed is basically a one-stop triathlon essentials online shop. They seriously have so many things you need for race day in one spot. It's crazy. They have a big focus on training and race day nutrition with brands like two of my personal favorites in Pillar Performance and Precision Fuel and Hydration, but they also have hundreds of other brands and products. There really isn't any of the big brands they don't stock um, when it comes to nutrition for training and race day. And they have lots of nutrition products that I didn't know existed, but I've tried and loved. Like they have these sugar waffles for long rides as an easy treat on long rides for when I don't want just gels, but also don't want to have to stop off and, and grab junk from the servo. Um, I love them. I eat them probably most long rides, I would say. Um, they're like a Saturday treat that I really look forward to. And like you, you'll go and have a look and like there's so many nutrition products. You'll get lost in it and you'll be like me. Like you'll see a you know, hundred things that you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind trying that. But they also have other products that aren't just about nutrition. And something I bought is the I actually don't even know how to say it because I haven't really talked to anyone about it. It's just something I've seen on Instagram and wanted to try for myself. But the Omius headband, cooling headband, it's that headband that you just see on just about every pro um, in their race pitches these days. It has like those little cubes on it. It's like a cooling device that you wear on your head. And I found it great for hot training, particularly for my long runs or long run sessions during the middle of the day in the heat. Um, I definitely plan on racing in it. And I was super skeptical, but... I don't know if it's just been a placebo, but yeah, I've definitely felt that it, it does have a bit of a Bennett benefit. So I'm curious to try it for a race, particularly a hot one, but I think there's a reason why so many pros are, are using it. And I honestly wouldn't have bought one if I hadn't jumped on the feed and, and looked through because it's just one of those things where I see everyone using it and I saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it. And there's so many things like that. Um, also for the exact same reason, got some, some like aerodynamic calf sleeves from there because everyone's wearing them like now like literally there isn't a pro that exists in triathlon that isn't wearing them so they must help um they're on their way now and i'm really looking forward to trying them out the feed is just one of those places that if you go into it you can scroll for an hour and find so many useful products particularly the nutritional products but there's heaps of stuff for your training and racing there and i find myself during the day slacking off from work and, and scrolling it and you know putting like 10 or 15 new things on tabs I'm going to try. So my bank account's not going to be happy, but I'm just excited to try so many new products because I love that. And it's it's probably the main thing I love about the feed is that it's like this platform where you can go and try new things and try to optimize your training and racing um, equipment and nutrition. And yeah, that, that's what I love about it. And I love that it makes it simple with having it all in this one one portal. You don't have to go to every every website under the sun. You just It's all in this one place. So jump online and check out the Feeds website and start using it as your one-stop triathlon online shop for all your triathlon needs. So we are here again, week seven of the Hater Wild podcast, and we are joined by another female, which I'm pretty stoked to have on board. She came on the multi-sports scene in 2012, uh, winning a junior duathlon world championship in Nancy. 
She's one of the British stars that bursted onto the scene in 2017, winning probably arguably one of the hardest races uh, on the circuit um, back in the days, Madrid World Cup. She almost won by about a minute, putting down an incredible 10K run and then scoring the under-23 gold in the European Championships and finishing fourth in the U23 Championships in a very cold grand final in Rotterdam, which I actually didn't go to because I don't think I was doing triathlon back then. But she's a regular in the triathlon squad and um, since 2018. Georgia earned her first podium in World Triathlon Leeds with teammate um, Vicky Holland. And then uh, she went and carried on and got bronze in Montreal and Edmonton, helping her finish in third place overall in the 2018 World Triathlon Series ranking in her debut year. Very impressive. In 2019, she scored top 10 results in every single race um, and also winning in Leeds in her, I guess, her um, home kind of where she trains there and... Um, but she's not from Leeds. She just trains there. And in 2020, she uh, won the World Championships uh, in the pandemic year with a one-off event in Hamburg, recovering from injury just before Tokyo and scoring an impressive silver medal, even having a puncher at the end of the uh, of the last lap battling with Miss um, Flora Duffy herself. She is an awesome person. She's won Super League many, many times. I'd like to introduce all the way from Manchester, George Taylor-Brown. And she's also got a cheeky little medal from the MBE. How good is that? How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for the lovely introduction. I did have to mute oh, for a second. Try our best. I've got I've got my dog Alfie next to me and he's decided to oh, snore. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you hear anything? It's not me. It's just Georgia heavy breathing in the background. Oh. Yeah. It's like a chest infection. <laughs> you get that in Leeds even in the summer. Yeah, well, it's summer here and it's 15 degrees, so it's not it's not great at the minute. It's, I'm looking out the window now and it is, uh, it's a bit grey. <laughs> and Hamish, how are you? I'm good, mate. Good to be back for another week of the uh, Aiden Wild podcast. I reckon, Georgia, you have to uh, feel pretty happy about that intro. I reckon that's the best one Aiden's given so far and your accolades are unreal. I thought we we're uh, lucky to have Mr. Jonathan Brownlee on the show with the amount of accolades that he's had, but he's been gone for a wee bit longer than you, but your accolades pretty much stack up to almost almost be level with the man himself. So that's a very impressive haul that you got so far. So welcome to the show. It's bloody good to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, it was weird listening then going all the way, all the way back to 2012, I think you started with. Yeah, 2012, Wow, yeah. World Champs, how good. How old were you in 2012? Old. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think George is, you're, I think you might be the same age as our brother, our older brother. Uh, I'm 29. Yeah, yeah, same age as Benjamin. Yep, there you go. And hey, just just before I guess we, we kick off the show, how was your birthday, Hamish, uh, a couple of days ago? Did you get steamed? It was good, mate, <laughs> yeah. Had, had a couple of beers of, uh, as, as always, podcast tradition i've got a nice cold corona uh here with me at the moment i'm, I'm ready to uh, get into some more short course triathlon as you can tell everybody the australian once again has gone hollywood on us jack doesn't want to be here so we're going to ride solo uh once again so i'm looking forward to it yeah literally he kind of like just said i'm recording a roth at the same time i was like i oh, see how it is thanks pal thanks pal. Like, the hater <laughs> wild show is better without me 
And I was like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> he's ghosted us for like a whole week. I just haven't heard anything. He's he's talked to us twice in the last two weeks, and I reckon both times has been to say, sorry, boys, can't make it this week. And we're just like, all right, Jack, he'll probably just show up for the last episode, and then there'll be us. Maybe I get Yarn on. And then he'll come on like straight away. Yeah, he'll be frothing. Eh? And actually, frothing. we'll say no. We'll say no. You can't <laughs> yeah, come we'll on. Like, sorry, mate. You have to. Uh, you have to meet a quota. <laughs> you have to at least be on for five episodes before you can talk to Yarn. <laughs> Happy days. Anywho, let's get into the episode, Georgia. Um, as we normally do on the episode, we normally have we kind of do like a get to know segment about our our special guests. So take us back wherever you want to start and um we'll um, start with the georgia taylor brown story and then kind of work our way to kind of like the present and kind of see how how everything's going um this season and and potentially just touch on uh, a couple of things uh last season as well so take the floor go for it how was uh how was georgia taylor brown one of the best in the world and one of the most decorated british triathletes how did she get into the sport well, it all started in 1994, the 15th of March, when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> How far back are we Straight into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I've come from a swimming background. So, I mean, I pretty much have swam since birth, basically. <laughs> I think I started swimming at about five years old. Um, it's kind of something, I guess, that my parents were 40, still are. And I think it's probably swimming's the thing you kind of want your kids to be able to do. Like you want to be able to go on a family holiday and for them to be able to jump in the pool and not die. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah see a play. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I kind of started swimming at five and I think I spent most of my time under the water and just messing around. Um, but then just really enjoyed it. Like I've never been the best swimmer, but I enjoyed being at swim club and like more of the social aspect of it and being with my friends and obviously I trained but I was just having fun really um and then carried on swimming all the way through primary school through high school and then in high school in about year nine so I think you're about 13 14 um we did like school cross-country stuff so first of all we did a cross-country circuit around the school grounds and I was really good at that because I'd come from how many hours of swimming I was doing a week I must have been doing at that age about 15 hours a week um so I could just like keep going forever because I was just really in like endurance based um yeah, nice be on the track I'm absolutely useless but on a field just one pace keep going uh, that that's me all day um so yeah I was kind of I was good at that and then I got from there, I was selected to go to like the local cross country race, and then from there, you go to the county cross country race, and then you go to like English schools cross country race. Uh, and at English schools, I got selected for England, um, and went to like the schools international, which is England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And yeah, just I was like I said, I was good at cross country because I'd done so much swimming. Um, but then I was kind of getting better at running, and not so good at swimming. Uh, but I was kind of average at swimming, but I didn't want to give swimming up and I also didn't want to give running up, but I couldn't do them both as well as like my studies uh, at school. Yeah. So obviously the the natural thing is to add in another sport because that makes so much sense. Naturally. Um, so, yeah. 
so then my mum was like, well, why don't you give triathlon a go? So I went to like the, at the time, I don't know if they have them anymore, but we had like um, a British triathlon, like talent squad trial yeah. day. So you could go along and you basically put your 400 swim time and your 1500 meter running time into this calculator thing. It gave you a number. You're right. You hit a certain number, you could go to the trial day. And I got like the top of the of the scale there so i was invited along even though i'd never done a triathlon and everyone there was already doing triathlons um and they were kind of they were going to the trial day to try and get on the talent squad so i went along and we had to do the 1500 run and the 400 swim and then like team bonding things to see that you could (laughs) get on well with a team if you were to be part of this talent squad um so i went there and I, they kind of, I mean, they kind of told me that I probably wasn't going to get on the squad. So I was like, oh, that's rubbish, oh. but never mind. <laughs> and then the day after they called me and it was like, oh, we've decided to take you on. I was like, what the hell? Yesterday, so you, I was... Someone couldn't make it. Georgia, come yeah, along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> that could have changed everything for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got onto that. And then basically I was, I must've been 15 then. Um, and I did my first triathlon at 16 and I fell off in my first triathlon because um, I got a bit carried away. I had a really good swim because <laughs> that's what I was. I was a swimmer. So I had a really good swim. I didn't know how to ride a bike and I got on and I clipped the girl's wheel in front of me and just flew off my bike. <laughs> the next time I come through transition and my mum and dad are there and I've got this big lump on my head and like blood <laughs> down my leg. They're like, oh my God, what is this sport? <laughs> and I'm just so... I did, I did finish, but I finished nearly last, but it didn't stop me. I came back for more. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the start of my triathlon journey. And then I'd say it took me about two years to be able to actually stay in a bike park. Like I just kept getting yeah. dropped a week. Um, so yeah, it took me a little while. And then from there, I mean, it's been pretty good. I mean, it's had its downs as well as its up. Um, obviously like you get a lot of injuries in this sport. Uh, so I've had a fair few, but no, it's, it's treated me well. I'd love to ask, uh, Georgia, like, cause when I watch you on a bike, I would have thought you're probably from a biking background. Like, how do you, is that just like fucking hard work, just slapping it down every single day and getting better and better? Or did you find it quite easy to get into after that couple of years? Uh, well, yeah, so the, for those first two years, we, I mean, when I was at home, I wasn't really riding my bike much because I was still yeah. fairly young. So there was, and there weren't like groups to go out with at the time. Yeah, right. So it was kind of hard. Like I didn't want to go on the road on my own at 16, um, especially since it was really new to me. Like I didn't know anything about cycling. So the m- most riding I did was when we went on the talent squad camp. So we had four of those a year and each of them was about a week long. Um, but every time we go on them, my training would go from about, I don't know, I was probably riding about four hours a week to doing about 15 hours a week of riding on yeah. these camps. Like they just have to us. <laughs> yeah. um, and every, most rides though, I would have to get in the van because I was just getting dropped and I was destroyed. <laughs> And I remember one camp we went on in Yorkshire and I was so broken and I was getting dropped every day and I was really giving it everything. 
And there was one day we had like a five hour ride planned and it was raining. And I just went to the coach and I just started crying. And I was like, I don't think I can do it today. (laughs) It's okay. You can sit in the van. But I had to sit in the van for the whole ride. It's like, can I just go to bed? (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, it was, I had to work pretty hard. But I think I was just, I don't know. I was just super determined. Like I just, I wanted to be a triathlete. Like that was my goal. And it's funny because going into the um, Tokyo Olympics, my dad found this PowerPoint that I made when I was God, about maybe 10 or 11 years old. Um, and I didn't even think I knew what triathlon was then. Um, well, I definitely didn't know how to spell triathlon. Uh, but <laughs> I, made, I made this PowerPoint basically saying that I love swimming, I love cycling, I love running, and maybe one day I could be a triathlete. But I spell it like triathlete. Um, <laughs> triathlon. I still do. <laughs> I yeah. still do. So I spell it quite wrong. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, I don't know, I think I, I just, from a young age, I don't know what it was, maybe the fact that I was from a sporty family. I just wanted to, I wanted to be in sport and I wanted that to be my job and like always watching the Olympics when they're on TV and whatever sport was on. And I was watching it and I was like, that, that's what I want to do. Like, I don't want to work in an office or whatever. I want to be an athlete. So I guess I kind of decided that, okay, now I'm I'm giving triathlon a go. I'm really, really giving it a go and I'm going to really do this. So yeah, I think I was just super determined. And But again, like I love the social side. Like I think a lot as well when you're younger is you get quite a bit of FOMO, like you don't want to miss out on getting selected for Europeans or Worlds or whatever. So you do push harder because you want to yeah. be at all of those events with your friends. Yeah, fair enough. That must have been um, such a bloody cool thing for your dad to whip out before the Olympics. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. It was uh, It was quite funny because I said something like, um, yeah, I love swimming, cycling, when I run in, I would like to be a triathlete and maybe one day go to the um olympics and maybe i could win a medal so yeah like seeing that from like i don't know it made me quite emotional after yeah. the race uh, and like one well, however old i was then 27 and um and i was like oh to, to kind of be if i could tell my younger self now like we did it we got there we, we did we it got yeah. medal. like we persevered so yeah it was quite um it was quite an emotional thing that's so sick. So sick. Yeah, so I was just actually looking at a couple stats here as well, which is actually quite great. So you've had 50 starts, uh, 30 podiums, 12 wins, and 50 starts is, you know, that's like if we look back, so you look at Johnny, you know, he's nearly at 100, but you're only at 50. Um, but you've pretty much nearly podium in every single one, which is great to see, I think. You know, when George, um, Georgia, when you and Jessica uh, Learmonth were, I think, you know, there was that around that kind of that 2020 to 2022 period, you guys were just like swimming incredibly fast. And then whoever could jump on your group, you'd just get away. And then it would just be kind of like a, a you know, an amazing running battle up the front. And um, it was, it was just so good to see. So that was going through World Triathlon and, uh, then we went on to Super League and, you know, you and Jess were just having like massive battles in, in Super League as well. And, you know, you've got two Super League series wins under your belt as well. I, I guess my question is, is like, um, you know, what's your favorite, I guess, out of like all three? Would it be like 
the Super League kind of discipline or an Olympic distance um, or, or the or the kind of a sprint um, for you? Because like it's so hard because like you're just so good at all three of them. It's just like what one what one do you kind of favor the most? I guess for you personally. Um, I just it's it's hard because I love Olympic distance because kind of what I said earlier I'm very much like a diesel engine like I one pace <laughs> and just going there's no the wheeler truck oh. yeah <laughs> and and you're not afraid to get on the front as well like you're you're very aggressive on the bike and I think that's what makes that creates that gap right at the start you just kind of get on the front and you're not afraid to do the work and that actually like emphasizes that gap and then you guys and then you guys just roll and it, and it keeps it keeps it quite nice which that's what kind of how I see it yeah and when it was like I guess um before the Olympics it's like me Flora Katie Jess and we're all just rolling nicely taking turns we all know each other we know our strengths weaknesses like it was always kind of like Katie would take the long stretches and then Flora or Jess might take the um, corners better. And so we kind of knew each other. And I sort of, I miss that because I miss those girls. Um, I sound really old now saying that. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, like I do, I really love the Olympic distance because I need the, I need the little bit extra like running and riding to get into things a bit more. Um, the sprint can be a little bit too fast for me um I'm like oh I just the speed we went out in Montreal on the run as well I'm like I don't have this no thanks <laughs> well then it's funny because then I love super league stuff and that's even faster like that's super fast but um I don't know with super league I really love that style of racing and I'm, I'm a bit gutted I'm not doing Hamburg as well because I love that I love that format but I think I just love it because I just love racing. Like I really love racing. I wake up race morning and I'm like, not, I mean, not every race. I'm going to be honest. Some races, I think I don't want to be here today. Um, but a lot <laughs> of the time I kind of, I wake up and I'm like, let's do it. Like I just love racing. Um, and I think with Super League, it's just really chaotic and there's so much going on and your brain almost doesn't ha have time to think and you don't process how much pain you're actually in because there's so much going on around you. Um, so yeah, I do, I I don't know, I like them all. I'd say the the least, the one I like the least is probably the sprint distance, because it's it's a just, I don't know, it's like a weird, a weird little middle ground for me where it's not long enough, but it's, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I like the other ends of the spectrum. The one in the middle, not so much. <laughs> Not so much. I love that. Um, just going back to what Hayden was talking about as well and how you said, um, you know, you missed some of the girls. Um, Jessica Lemont, one of your very good friends. You guys have had some great battles together and those were bloody good to watch. Obviously, Katie took a bit of time off, had a baby. But at that like particular time when it was yourself, Katie, Jessica, uh, Flora, and then there was probably one other that might slide into that group as well. But like you guys were so dominant as there's normally like a five or a six pack. And for a little bit, I guess I wouldn't say it made things predictable or boring, but you just knew what was going to happen. Now that a couple of those ladies are gone, it looks like the women's race has got a heck of a lot more tight. There's some, you know, young girls and stuff coming through at the moment. Like for yourself, that's experienced them both and is doing racing all the time. 
like shit it must be exciting to be like oh i don't know how it's going to go today because you know a lot of the time you could probably predict that you were going to be in that front group you guys going to bike away then who had the legs on the day was going to win that race but now it's just like oh shit who's going to get it well yeah and i'm not sure i'd say it's exciting it's terrifying to be honest yeah i bet it is <laughs> um now like i don't know now i'm on the start line I'm, like looking down i think oh god everybody everybody here at the podium <laughs> like it's just, yeah it is hard work and this year especially, like I've just I've just not been firing and I don't know why that is. I'm just not feeling great in some races. Like, yeah, I'm just I'm just a bit flat. And I think for me, last year took a lot out of me, like physically, but emotionally with kind of yeah. personal things going on. It took so much out of me. And I think I've like Abu Dhabi was such a shock for me this year because I'm like, they've been act like Without sounding big headed, I was like, oh, I'm not 15th place. Like that, I, I like mm. that's not me. So yeah, I was, agreed. I was trying not to beat myself up too much, but it's also really hard not to beat yourself up when you train so much and you're like, I know that I'm not a 15th place athlete. Like, yeah, I was just a bit. I, I don't know. I, was, I like I said, I tried not to beat myself up, but I was still pretty down because I went into that race thinking I'll be happy with a top eight, um, and I didn't even manage to achieve that so yeah I was pretty gutted after that but then I think I've like realized that I can't be too hard on myself because last year took so much out of me and I had to, I had like five weeks off at the end of the season just to try and like mentally recover from everything going on so I think I yeah I've, I've had to be I le- learned to be a bit kinder with myself and I think you realize that as you get older um, that you do have to be a little bit kinder to yourself, and we're not like you know. And I always say I'm not. I'm not a robot. I can't perform all the time. Like I'm gonna have yeah. bad days, and I think especially being a girl is so up and down. Like different races at different times, it's all over the place. Um. So yeah, even though some races I've like, like Abu Dhabi and then Yokohama, not great, and then Cagliari, I seemed to find my legs again, and I was back. So that was really nice, and. I don't take any podium for granted ever because you never know when you're going to get one or where, if you're not going to get one. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Montreal was another little shock and I just didn't, I just felt pretty flat again. Um, but yeah, I'm trying not to beat myself up. And I think for me this year, I know that the the biggest target is trying to qualify for the Olympics. So I'm just trying to stay focused on that, to be honest. Yeah, because like, you know, last year was... For, I think for everyone was a huge year, especially for yourself and, and the athletes that also did Super League. You know, we had quite an early start to the season last year and then it dragged right through to Super League. And then we got that, obviously, that um, the notification that World Champs will be pushed out quite late uh, due to like being Olympic distance in Abu Dhabi. Like if we had in September, uh, it would be ridiculously hot. So that kind of pushed us into Super League quite nicely. And then um, that was, you know, that was real hard doing London, Munich, Toulouse, uh, Malibu, and then having uh, that little bit of time off to then do, to do Neon and then try and like regather ourselves to three weeks later to, to then hit world champs. And, you know, you obviously had an amazing um, Super League series, um, taking out the, the series once again. If you do look at the World Series and you do look at, how you performed, you know, you obviously got second behind, behind Flora. Um, you know, you are the, probably one of the only athletes in that top five 
ranking over all the series that did Super League, did all the races, uh, but still performed at the end of the day. Like I kind of agree where, you know, I came into Abu Dhabi myself uh, at the end of the year. So for people that are listening, there was two races in Abu Dhabi. Grand final was in like November. And then the first start of the series for 2023 started in March in Abu Dhabi again. Um, but yeah, going back to world champs, you know, for myself as well, like I was feeling really good, but I was, I got COVID and didn't perform. And like, it, I was the same as you, like I needed one position extra to win that world title. And it was just like, you know, you were so close, um, but also so far away. And I was like, ah, shit, it is there. Um, but also I feel like for me, I don't know how it felt for you, but for me personally, like it gave me a little bit more morale to then push into this year because like I felt like if I may have got that world title last year like it would put I don't know I think I would feel more pressure to perform this year where you kind of got to think about next year because next year is obviously Paris and you want to perform there and get get your selections but where it's actually sometimes it's quite good to have in some ways you're still performing extremely well but it's also nice to have like an easier year because you put that like that little bit of pressure off uh, and try and qualify then come into Paris instead of like trying to just like become like retaining your world title this year and then and then going into Paris so you kind of I guess you have a flip side in some ways um for me personally like not getting that world title last year has given me so much fire this year to perform well but then to bring that performance on to Paris um but yeah that's that's kind of how I see it and I think this year also we've got to be like super smart of how we like I guess select races as well because you don't want to do all of them but you also don't want to miss all of them as well um getting those like crucial points but for me you know I've only I'm only competing against three other or two other guys where you're comp- you're competing against five other ladies that could get podiums every other day of the week so like looking at the British squad looking at the depth it must be awesome because like you're competing against like the best ladies in the world and they're from your country but also like there must be like obviously that sense of pressure where you kind of have to uh, it's really hard for you to kind of get those selection spots and especially coming from Tokyo and being like a returning medalist obviously you want to be there right uh yeah definitely and I mean it it does make it it does make it hard and I think I know yeah I guess it's kind of similar to um what you're saying about I think if you won like yeah, if you won the world title last year, maybe you come a bit complacent and you're happy and you're not as motivated. So definitely when you don't when you don't achieve something that you've worked so hard for, it does give you a little bit extra drive. Um and I thought that would be the case with me, but I was just I was so flat and like you said we started the season so early last year and I did so many races and it's not specifically the races, it's like the travel around it as well and yeah. um, all the stress of all of that. And I think, yeah, like I said, I've kind of learned to be a little bit kinder to myself and, and not as hard on myself and just listen to my body a bit more because you think, well, it's my job. Like, I should be able to do that. That's what I've signed up to do. But still, it does take a lot out of you. Um, But yeah, I think like I was just, yeah, Abu Dhabi at the start of the year. I've, I think I'd only been training for like about five weeks. So just, I wasn't ready mm. at all, which I kind of knew. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's nice to know that we've got such a strong female um, British team. Because uh, I think at the minute we've actually won every World Series uh, that sure. there has been. Uh, so that's pretty cool. 
because uh, yeah, there was Beth, then Sophie, then me, and then Beth again. Um, so yeah, that's that's quite a cool thing knowing that we've won everything. Yeah. I don't know, if, I don't know if we've had that before. Um, but yeah, it's, it obviously also makes it incredibly hard to qualify for an Olympic Games when the women that you're competing against are, are winning World Series races as well. So I yeah. do know that Paris is going to be the test event is going to be super hard. Um, but no, I'm uh, I'm up for it, and yeah, heading to Font next week. So hopefully, I'll get a good nice. block of in, and uh, hopefully, I'll be ready to go. Because I do remember you going into Font last year. When was it? Like before Super League, and obviously, like it worked quite well for you. Um, you enjoyed the, your time up there, and uh, obviously, uh, coming down to Super League, you were just like incredibly strong, even. Uh, if we go back to last week talking to Matt, so, you know, we, we, we did briefly say that, you know, you both crashed on that corner, but you crashed on the corner, looked like you were going to be about a minute behind, <laughs> but then you ran and you biked extremely strong and just came back into the race just like that. So Super League, a 20 minute race is more or less per round. And, you know, you drop a minute and that could potentially mean you're eliminated into the race because if you either... Don't cross the line in the top. I think it was in Malibu. If you're if you're the last three, you get eliminated. Or if you're 90 seconds behind before the finisher finishes, you're eliminated. So to get to kind of hit that crash, to then put your chain back on, and then to to then just ride solo, and then to bridge was was quite incredible. And that was only the first round. So then you had to do another two rounds, and I guess like just showing. I guess you personally that it's like a font works, so hopefully it would work for you heading into Paris and um, at least kind of going to font, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be like a new area for you. You know, you've been there, it's going to feel familiar and I think that would, you know, um, be really, really nice because I guess looking at previously people that are training in Leeds, you don't really come out of the base too much because there's so many strong people in Leeds, so you don't really tend to have to come out. So when you come out, um, you know, you obviously go to altitude. So I guess, yeah, how long were you at altitude last year and did you kind of enjoy your, your time in font? Yeah, I uh, I did actually. It was my first time trying altitude because um, every other year it's just like it's not really fit in. Um, and it's I guess mm. it is a bit of a risk going to altitude because you don't know how you're going to react to it. So last year we was like, okay, let's just go for, I think I did three weeks there. Um and it worked really well because it meant that I could come down straight away and race within like the first three days, which they say is some people like to do. Um, and then I could also race the week after in Munich. So at that point, it was like 10 days. So I could be I could kind of try it out in the different ranges. Um, and London, I mean, I felt pretty flat. I think the first race was OK. And then I was just well, dead from there. Um, but then Munich, I felt much better. Uh, and then the rest of the season, it kind of carried it through. Um, but no, I really enjoyed my time at altitude. It was good. And I think for me, like you said, we ne- like if you're in Leeds, you never really leave Leeds. Um, it's like a weird little cult here. You kind of stop. <laughs> and, um, but I think because if I'm going to go on a training camp, then I'm only leaving Leeds to go somewhere better than Leeds. Yeah. And yeah. You just don't, there's that many places that are better than Leeds, to be honest. So yeah, I think we're just like, we're really lucky with the the training here. We've got everything. I mean, yes, the weather's not great, but 
it's fine. And the riding is incredible. We've got so much variation and the running, there's so many different surfaces. So I think we're just super lucky. So I just tend not to leave and I'm a bit of a, you know, a bit of a home girl. So I just like being mm. at home, home comforts. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, I, I did really enjoy Font because I think the good thing about going on a training camp is you know that you're just there to train and as intense as that can be sometimes, for me, it is a good thing because when I'm at home, there's so many distractions. Like, I don't know, if your friend asks you to go for lunch or dinner or I'm doing all sorts of bits and bobs around the house. So I think it's good to go on a training camp to just literally focus on training and recovering. And I think that's kind of what I need right now. I've already talked about my brick session that I did during the week, my first one for the year. And there was one other thing that made it really fun. It's that I really dialed in and replicated everything I would do on race day. And I mean everything from how I ate beforehand to slept the night before to got re- like getting ready in the morning. And a big part of it was wearing my brand new Win Republic tri suit that I ordered about two months ago and has just been hanging up in my wardrobe in my wardrobe waiting for me to race and just waiting to get used. And I was gonna use, I was gonna save it for race day, but I couldn't wait any longer. Like I just keep looking at it every day and I, I love it. I think it looks amazing and I've loved my my old tri suits from Win Republic that I've used in the past. So I just wanted to feel like I was racing for my session because I haven't raced much lately and, and missed it. So um like I'm honestly not just saying it, but I've borderline hated every other tri suit I've ever worn. In fact, I'd go as far to say as I have hated every other tri suit I've ever worn. And the main reasons were that all around how they made me feel in them, they were like either too tight in places or just didn't fit right. And to be honest, some of them made me feel pretty self-conscious in them. And I think that's the thing I love most about the Win Republic suits I've worn in the past and why I was so excited to try my new one. It's just, they're so bloody comfy. They fit so well and they use materials that I don't really understand the technicalities of it as well as I should, but they just feel great on and they don't give me any feeling of them being too tight around like my arms or around my belly. And I don't know if, if I'm completely alone in this because I haven't really heard anyone talk about it, but I think feeling good in a triathlon race, race suit is one of the most underrated things that, that you can like seek to, to find in triathlon. So if you're like me with that, then seriously, grab yourself a Win Republic tri-suit. They, they also feel really fast on the bike and have lots of handy storage for nutrition. And again, the comfort really does present itself on the run. And I just honestly can't recommend them enough because of that. Um, while you're on their website, make sure you check out their cycling and running kit as well. They make so many great jerseys and bibs for the bike and, um, and have a whole variety of great running, running gear as well. I'd say the main thing Win Republic is known for is having the best looking suits and, and, you know, training gear in the triathlon world. And I do agree with that. But the things I talked about above um, are what I really love about them as a brand and why I was buying them way before they ever supported this podcast. So, yeah, if you want to try it for yourself, um, then jump onto Win Republic's website and make sure you use the discount code TTH15 for 15% off your order. So I watch quite a bit of... Um like mixed martial arts like UFC and before they go into their big fights and stuff it's exactly what they do like they go into a fight camp like they go away from their families like they hone in on their craft like that's what they need to do and I can only imagine going away for three weeks so as you said you don't have the distraction of you know one of your friends or a family member or 
whoever being like, oh, should we go get some lunch, you know? Or should we go get some dinner tonight? Like, you, you probably won't have that when you're up in altitude because there's, you know, obviously not much to do when you're doing that type of stuff. Like, it must be, this is, I guess, for both of you, but it must be just such a good mind cleanse to go there and just be like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to go in on this and really attack that training block that you've set out for yourselves. Yeah, no, it, I mean, I'm not like a social butterfly or anything. I don't do, yeah. don't do that much stuff, let's face it. <laughs> I think... I think I realized that in lockdown when we were locked in the house, I was like, hmm, my life hasn't really changed. <laughs> this is a bit of me. I like this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, uh, look, but I think, yeah, I'm like, I've, I think I've found a happy medium. Like my life isn't just about triathlon. I have things outside of it. Um, but there are sacrifices I still make in my social life. Like I can't be at certain things. And that's sometimes that's upsetting because I do have to miss big, and like family occasions and that's quite hard but I know that it's not forever and like this isn't going to be my job forever and eventually like I will leave triathlon and I'll be able to get back into a normal like human life and do those things um but yeah I think you're probably the same Hayden like training takes so much I mean well maybe not I'm a bit older now but you've probably got more energy than me so (laughs) I have a bit more energy around training at the minute whereas I have to have within nana naps every day because I'm after, I can't survive a day without a nap. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's nice to go away from time to time and have those blocks where you're just focused on training. I I agree. Like I think I'm definitely an athlete. I was the same. Like I love to have a social life, but I wouldn't say I'm going to go out and party every single night. So when COVID did hit, I'm like, ah, oh, I trained by myself anyway, and. This is kind of just the same, but I'm just stuck at home and I'm definitely the same as I think same as you, like Leeds is home for you and um and obviously I've come into it like Andorra now. Like I never had like a home base in Europe. Um, but now like, you know, I've got an apartment here and now it's just kind of feels a little bit more home. I think you feel a little bit more relaxed in a way. Like I'm more than happy to, you know, get out there and, and, and train extremely hard, but you know, you, you come into a place that feels kind of like home. Uh, and it feels safe and it feels great and like I think that's what I was missing massively when I was coming to Europe it just felt like I was on like a five-month training camp and like it's great when you go on to like three-week training camps and you can really focus in but after a while it mentally just drains you hugely so I I understand why you never really leave Leeds because it has everything you need and especially when I was like back in New Zealand when I go home I, I feel like I trained the best because I'm just it's the surroundings are so familiar and it just you just know everything where now I'm like, wow, I'm always in Europe and I'm kind of sick of just sit, you know, sitting in an Airbnb or a, or a hotel. And for me, it was like I need to go and find like a home base. And I felt like especially at the start of this year when I moved over here to Andorra, it's just like feels a lot more like home. Um, and I felt like I've missed that for the last three years. And training feels like easier and like you're still putting in like the massive work but it just feels a lot more relaxed like more than happy to get up at nine and go to a swimming pool and chill out and then go and do a track session or whatever and like yeah, you might finish at eight o'clock or whatever but it just feels like the day just zooms past instead of just like being on a strict training camp with people yeah well you have your own like space i guess now to actually go i'll be a lumpen instead of being like oh shit i gotta leave i gotta take every single one of my belongings and leave the house like now Hayden I guess yeah. you could just take like a nice little suitcase because you know like as Georgia was saying she's missed out on 
you know, heaps of events, you know, that happens. And it's, I guess it's just part and parcel of becoming a professional athlete. It's what you have to do at the end of the day. It's all, you know, hopefully it's going to be worth it when it's all said and done at the back end of your career. But, you know, I guess it must be nice for Georgia. Always going back to her home country where, like, what do you come home for? Like a month, two months, a year, if that. So, like, you never get to be part of anything really like you know yeah, we talk exactly. to you on the odd occasion but you're just you're just someone that we talk to on the phone and 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 watch <laughs> on the telly at the moment like that's really what it is yeah. until eventually you end up coming home yeah i think the worst thing is when you have to like always take your 30 kg bag plus your bike so you you're traveling <laughs> this with so much shit and now it's like oh i only have to travel the bike and just a few kind of few bits and pieces like it was just a pain in the ass so now it's just like you only have to take the bike and the carry-on instead of like the bike the carry-on two other bags of like five months of kit you just leave it here because like you've got an apartment now it's just like oh it's great so i think that's going to be the best part i don't know how like you international athletes do that because like you said i i go to a race for a week and I, i come home for a few weeks and it's like you're settled and i don't have to live out of a suitcase and i think I always, I think it's amazing that the athletes in like international groups can just move around all the time and like you're so dedicated to it. But I mean, yeah, I, I have it easy compared to everyone else because I get to come home all the time. Um, but I think I would find it hard if I had to live out of a suitcase constantly and you're never settled in one place. Mm. That was always pretty tough, but like, yeah, it's nicer now that I can just go, ah. Oh. Just put my stuff in like a wardrobe and then I have to worry yeah, about you got, it. Yeah, got like hangers and a wardrobe. Oh yeah, got the hangers, got the hangers. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is cool. And stuff in. <laughs> Make sure the house isn't filthy because geez, if Hayden was living by himself, like you should, Georgia, you should see the state of some motel rooms. He's, <laughs> he's literally there for like two hours uh, and yeah, you're like, yeah, what yeah. has happened to this place? And it's I think it's like everyone, crazy. you just flop it down the ground like oh it's it's an organized mess right it's an organized no mess. no no, no. you can say that about that's not everyone because i'm very organized i have these <laughs> yeah. uh, i use these packing cubes have you, oh, do you I, use- I use those too yeah i use them all the time you got your undies your run clothes your bike clothes your casual yeah. clothes so good and you can cram mm. so much into them and then yeah. i basically get them out at races in hotels and just leave them on the side and just get stuff out of them as I go. So then I'm I'm never like fully unpacked. So then when I need to pack again, just throw them back in. It's easy. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. There you go. I think like the best part of the, the apartment that I've got now is like the reason why my apartment's never messy is because the wardrobes are down the hallway. So you just like get out of bed, you open the wardrobe towards the kitchen and you just grab your stuff. And then when you want to go to bed, you just quickly like open the wardrobe, slap them in there. Like it's an absolute horrific mess inside the wardrobe, yeah, yeah, but like inside. the whole room is spotless. Yeah, that is that is quite good actually, because at least then you can't leave stuff on the floor because you need to get past in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you what, like, because I've never, I've never had like a home to myself. We, you know, we went like house shopping for for shit, and we got this like incredible, we got this like incredible washing basket. It's like a washing basket, but it has three sectors. So you've got your oh. whites, your colors, and your blacks. And then, and then when you when you're ready, you just you just grab this little thing out, and then you just you know put it in the washing machine, give it a wash, chuck on the chuck on the line, and then you grab the next one. You grab your whites, and then you grab your colors. Oh, it's it's been fantastic. I love it. Hayden's oh. line is 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, tell me you're getting on with that. Tell him you're getting on. Hayden's made two huge revelations on this podcast since we started. The first one was the warm coffee in a can that you get in Japan, and now mm. it's the bloody three-piece washing basket. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Like, we could have gone for the two-piece, but, like, what do you do with the whites? You can't put the colours and the darks together. Like, you might as well go for the threefer. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, when you start getting excited about how stuff, you're getting old. Mm, like, I see adverts yeah, oh, yeah. for Hoovers or like steam cleaners on TV. I'm like, oh my God. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a, I'm going to pull a jack here. Uh, pull us back into line. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, I'm really interested to hear about your Tokyo race because for all money, um, actually, I had money on you, um, but for all money, <laughs> <laughs> Legitimate um, money. TAB was paying well. Yeah, TAB was paying well. Um, it looks like, sponsor. Um, it looks <laughs> like you were gonna gonna actually like get away with that race, and I thought that you know at the back end that you're gonna be too strong for Flora, but obviously you had the mechanical that happened. So I just want to know pretty much how that race panned out for you, because I can assume that you were feeling bloody good. Um. Well, yes and no. It was weird because I hadn't raced at all that year uh did i race no i didn't i didn't race i think i did some super league arena games at the start and then i got my stress response in my femur so that was 11 yeah. weeks out from the games um which is not the news you want um but i like i kept it very very quiet and i think some people were uh, maybe a little bit suspicious because i wasn't racing and like yeah i wasn't posting anything i mean I, I did what we all do when we get injured. We You have that bank of, like, running photos that you post now. <laughs> Man, running well. Just to keep people guessing. Keep people guessing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I kind of did that because I was like, oh, the, I want to be honest online, yeah. but also I don't want to be, I don't want to, like, give anything away in terms of, like, your competitors are obviously getting all the hard work done. And I'm sat there, oh, the Olympic Games at the end of the day, isn't it? Like you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. the, the the race itself, and it's also the game that you have to play before you get there. Because if you go in with the injury, people are going to be like, "Sweet, let's take advantage of that," and that's not what you want. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was like eleven weeks out. So I was on crutches straight away, um, cool. and then I had, I basically had five weeks to get as prepared as I could for the games. Yeah. Um and so I didn't. In a way, it was kind of nice. Like, it took a little bit of pressure off me because I hadn't raced that year. And I was like, well, I haven't had the great greatest lead up. And whatever happens, I'm proud of for getting to the start line in one piece. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if I had raced and, like, I had a perfect lead up, then you put so much pressure onto yourself. And you're like, yeah. well, I've done everything I possibly can. So, yeah. obviously, I should do well. Whereas I just was sort of going into the unknown. So, it was kind of nice in a way. And... I I really wasn't sure how I was going to perform on the day, but in my head, I just wanted a swim, a good swim run, a good swim bike, sorry. Like, I thought if I can nail my swim and my bike, I'm happy. And the run, whatever happens, like, I'll just do all I can to get to the finish line. But yeah, I was like, I obviously had a good swim and that worked really well. And again, it was like that group that it was like me, Katie, Flora, Jess, we spoke before the race. Yeah. And we're like, okay, obviously Jess is going to lead out and then Katie will get on her feet. Just, I'll get on Katie's feet. Flora will get on it, my feet. Like we literally just all dreams. merged perfectly. It was so perfect. It was great. <laughs> um, 
So this was we we basically were practicing like in the warm up. We literally practiced with each other, getting onto like getting this formation right. We did it twice. We yeah. nailed it in the race. And I was like, this is great. No one touched anyone. It was so smooth. Synchronized um, swimming. If only every race could be like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say that to fifty other guys and say, "Hey, do you just want to get in a line?" Like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about we just don't hit each other? Did anyone ever yeah. think about that? Nah, that's way too. That's way too easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boring. Um, but yeah, no, had a really good swim, and then we worked together well on the bike, and we just kind of stayed safe because it was wet. Um, so that was yeah. something we had to consider. And then, yeah, when I, we kind of came out of the, we came out of the park and there was a ramp going down and we did sort of a dead oh, turn yeah, before we went to the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so it was coming out of the park. I just heard like, and I thought, God, why is my brake rubbing now? Well, I thought, well, that's annoying. Oh, yeah. And then, the, and then I looked, cause it kind of just sounded like the disc was rubbing. That sort of noise. Yeah, right. And then, uh, and then I looked down, I'm like, oh. I've got punctures. <laughs> Great. Perfect. And I, I like I wasn't even upset or angry. I almost laughed because I thought, well, this is obviously mm. gonna happen to me. That's just my luck this year. <laughs> um so and but and then also I thought, well, what's the point in panicking? Like it's happened now. I can't do anything about the puncture. And then the next step was like, okay, do I stop and change the wheel? Probably not, because we had if I had more laps to go, then yes, I would have, but I only had what, 3K, 2K left on the bike? So mm. I was like, oh, I can get through that. Um, so yeah, at that point, it was, I lost time around the dead turn and then I caught back on on the straight and then I just lost time around the turns again. Um, yeah. And I basically got to transition and I think I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't stressed or upset or angry. I just, I tried to stay really relaxed because I thought if I stress now, it's, just going to make things worse so I may as well just relax and mm. concentrate on having a smooth transition and smooth dismount and stuff so I sort of just went through that and then kind of told myself okay don't get carried away on the run because um obviously you've got a bit more adrenaline then yeah I think it was kind of good because there was targets in front of me to try and hit so like yeah okay get one person get the next one and then I was getting closer to Katie and I thought well I'm happy with her like this is an Olympic medal I'm really happy yeah, with should, yeah and then I was closing down on Katie and I thought, oh, this could be silver. Like, this is even better. So, um, yeah, I made a move there and then it paid off. And, yeah, just I think for me and I think speaking to other athletes after Olympic Games and meddling, you're, you're obviously really, really happy with your performance. But I think it's mostly a relief that it's done because the buildup yeah. is so intense and, like, the morning of and on the pontoon, I was so nervous and I felt so sick. So to just cross that finish line, it's just, it's just a relief. Like, you're like, it's done. Like, I never want to have to go through that again. Until four years, until four years later. <laughs> exactly. Now we're kind of leading into it again. I'm like, oh my yeah, yeah. God, Not rocking again. myself to sleep at night. <laughs> so I, I don't, I can't think about it because honestly, I felt so sick before the race. Um, But yeah, it was, I was obviously super proud and it was, I think I just felt every single emotion when I crossed the finish line because just the, the lead up, obviously, like I said, it wasn't perfect, but I did what I could do and got in the, the best shape that I could have to get on that start line. You could see that, like even in any other race you race, if anything happens to you, 
you just you can see like you just don't stress at all if you watch the if you watch like Tokyo game and you had no clue Georgia had a puncher it just looked like she was just having like a last like the last lap she was just having a bad day because there was no stress there it was just like ah oh, it happened carry on and it just looked you look so composed and even other races you just look so composed there's never really any sort of stress in your face like freaking out or anything it's very composed you can definitely see you process a lot of the things when like that that one you know not you're not looking down the down the line you're, you're thinking of the present which i think is extremely hard to do as an athlete and as other people do is it's so hard to think of the present and you just look too far forward so to to have that mentality uh in the big races but also just normal races you can just see that watching live or watching on tv uh, like Hamish like I guess you know have you seen that from from Georgia because I felt like every race I see that <laughs> I was about to say it just goes to show the character of the person and the personality of the person like from a lot of what I see um you know you you seem like the type of person that like just likes to take the piss you know have a good laugh enjoy yourself like you're there in the moment and type type of whatnot and you never really look frustrated like even when you fell off in um Malibu yeah, got up, <laughs> got the chain back on, and off you went. Like happy days, just another Sunday ride. But yeah, yeah I, I think it's just a testament to the person um, that Georgia Taylor Brown is. I don't know. It's just mm. it's what I've seen from it from a distance, and it's how it came across from my side. Like you know, like you and Jess Lemont used to crack me up just from the shit that you guys used to get up to from singing at Super League and then having a laugh at uh, you know around the place. Like I think that translated into probably your racing as well. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I think I think I kind of get it from Jess because she's so relaxed and <laughs> she's just, it's so relaxed. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, just just say she's like, I don't care. It's just triathlon. I'm like, Jess, like some people do <laughs> care, so maybe just like bring it down a bit. <laughs> and she's like, oh, these flipping losers. It's just triathlon. I'm like, oh, oh man. It's the funniest um, thing. Like it was at Singapore Arena Games, and it was when like Jess had a bit of like a stress reaction, the the hip or something, and like she was running, and then all of a sudden she was like limping on the treadmill, and she just kept going, and she just stopped, and she go, ah oh, shit, um yeah, it kind of hurts. Shall I just carry yeah. on? Like yeah, nah, <laughs> I might stop. <laughs> it's funny because all she all she ever says about everything i mean your leg could literally be hanging off and she's like well it's all right it'll be all right it's <laughs> like you're not gonna be all right is it yeah but it's like this just... lady like legit has a broken leg and she's just running through and it's like oh yeah, yeah sick but she she's funny even now like she's seven months pregnant and yesterday i had to say to her i was like can you just not drop me please because we're swimming next to each other and she's putting body lamps into me. And I'm like, I'm not being funny, Jess, but you're growing a human. Can you please not? Because it's doing nothing for my confidence. <laughs> well, that was my confidence knocker. It was like, I swam with the Leeds crew one day and Jess was there when it was the first time we met. I know she was like a bit boss swimmer and then just demolished me in the pond. Like, yeah, that's great self-confidence <laughs> there. <laughs> well, she just, she's just great to have around because I love yeah. watching race as well and train because she's just so committed like she just goes hard and just she just loves it um and I think we just had like sharing a room with her at races was so good because she just made me feel really relaxed about it and we kind of she's she's like more extreme than me and that she's like my it's just triathlon and mm. I'm kind of like that but also obviously I do still care 
But yeah. I always sort of say, like, it is just triathlon at the end of the day. Like, I'm not saving anyone's life. It is just triathlon. And I'm just trying to do something that I really enjoy doing. And mm. I think as well, you you sort of learn that when you've had injuries and you've had time out of the sport. So, yeah, it's... um. It is uh, it is interesting being around Jess, and I do really miss her. But she's she's yeah. funny, right? <laughs> I guess I think it will bring us on to our, our last thing. Um, so 2019 test event, hold hands with uh, with Jess yeah. gets disqualified. I've, I I find it quite funny just because like you see, uh, you know, like obviously everyone wants to see like an amazing finish, but you see it and you see it in cycling. It's like they hold hands if they have like an like as teammates because you are teammates. I know you guys are racing for the um, test event spot and whatnot, but like you know you you are, you are teammates and you know you had an amazing battle. You worked together both and um, and then they disqualify you. Like um, do what cycling do and just like get the photo finish. Whoever's chest was over the line first, first second done. Better bing, butter boom. Um, but no, they decided to yeah disqualify you, which was a bit of a shame uh, from an amazing performance from the both of you. Uh, Crazy I guess performance. yeah, go, yeah, it'd be like it'd be nice just to get your opinion on that, just to see what you know how what your things were, because you know you did absolutely dominate that race from everyone. It was incredible. Yeah, well, I think that's the. I didn't. It was. It was like we don't regret it at all. And the thing is, they yeah. could differentiate, so they did award Jess first place and me second. And then they retracted and were like, oh, no, actually disqualified. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't regret it because, like you said, we were quite dominant. And that's the reason that we did it. And we said we weren't racing for points because there were no points in the, um, yeah. for the series. So if that was like a World Series race, we wouldn't do it. Uh, but it just, I think it was more the lead up into that um, Olympic selection. We'd done it together and we'd really supported each other. And it just so happened that on the run, we were running together for first and second, quite clearly ahead of the field. And it just made sense to kind of enjoy it together because we never yeah. have really had the opportunity to do that. Uh, but obviously yeah. we didn't rule at the time because <laughs> we don't know anything about triathlon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we crossed the finish line and we were like super happy. Uh, and then obviously they they said that we were disqualified and I was distraught like I was crying so much and this just goes to show how much Jess just doesn't care because I was crying I was like I'm so sorry it was my fault it was my idea and Jess is like oh my god are you crying she's like stop crying now it's so embarrassing embarrassing me (laughs) she she looked at me she's just like I don't give a shit I don't care (laughs) and I was like I'm just so sorry but yeah, it was it was really funny. And obviously, like, yeah, I was more upset than she was. And it was annoying and a bit gutting. But what helped was that the whole triathlon community, like all you guys, Hayden, and ever, all the other athletes, you supported us. And that meant more mm. than anything else because you're actually in the sport and everyone else kind of understood. And then to get messages afterwards from, like, parents of little girls saying, oh, we, my little girl watched you in that race and it was really inspirational for her and now she wants to do her first triathlon. And for me, that mm. meant more than anything. Like, I would take a disqualification any day for for me to just, like, be a role model for a girl. Yeah, that's the big one. It is, like, just, like, having that 
um, that kind of flow effect on the next generation because that's our sport at the end of the day. Like if we don't, if we don't have athletes coming through and inspire other athletes, the sport just turns to rubbish. So like moments like that were like pretty, pretty awesome. Um, uh, but I, I guess everyone knows the rule now. So for next time, just like we can run beside each other and go, yay, but like not <laughs> yeah. hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold hands. <laughs> Don't hold hands, but we can hold close and go, yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a, um, a British thing to finish on the line with each other. You know, the Brownlee boys did it. You guys did it, you know, just having your turn. Did, did you guys get it? Cause we talked to Johnny a couple of weeks ago and he said that, you know, Alistair got, uh, nominated for like sports personality of the year or anything did any recognition like that come towards you guys uh no we didn't get that we did we did get invited onto like different um news channels and stuff (laughs) people love a bit of drama don't they (laughs) yeah sometimes sometimes you know you get disqualified from a race and you might think it's the worst thing ever but shit it helps your life out sometimes and it helps a lot of other people's (laughs) lives out as you said it helped um you know you got messages from a, a whole bunch of um, you know, people and I, I think Hayden's, you know, had a, a wee bit of experience with that as well. Just, you know, like that the Commonwealth Games when Hayden could have been, you know, so pissed off about the whole situation, how we got the penalty for something that in my opinion is absolute bullshit. But, you know, he gave Alex the high five, let him come past and it just shows, you know, like uh, to me it's just character. It just shows character and, and you can't hate someone for how good their character is and I think both of you guys have that in bucket loads and it definitely shows on the stage because you guys are some of the biggest personalities when it does come to the sport for, you know, women's and for the men's side, which is which is bloody awesome. And I guess to touch on just one more thing, the uh, the MBE. So what an MBE is, is, the, is like an excellence award of the British Border Empire. So my question is, did you, did you obviously the, the Queen has passed away last year. Did you get to meet her? before she passed did you get to no. say hello no i didn't oh. no. and i um i was awarded my mb from uh princess anne um oh, cool yeah it was it was kind of funny we found out i was with i was with jess when we found out actually we were in london and her partner john sent her a picture of the envelope that had come through um yeah. and it was like um a really official envelope and the first thing she said uh, she was like, "Oh bloody hell, I've got jury duty." So she thought, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that's the first thing she thought. So she was like, "Bloody hell, I'm gonna have to do that now." And John was like, "No, guess again." She's like, so she joked. She was like, "Oh, am I getting a knighthood or something?" And uh, he was like, "Well, close." She as she thought, flipping out. You joking? So <laughs> um, yeah, we were like shocked. We didn't we didn't see that coming at all. So that was really really cool and me and Jess actually got on the same day um so yeah it was such a cool experience and to walk through Windsor Castle was incredible Mm. and uh, just to enjoy all of that and have like my parents there with me meant so much and uh yeah it's a very special thing to honor forever and yeah the the little badge you get and yeah it was just amazing it's a nice badge like I'm, I'm looking at it right now it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> would would you would you put that out there as probably like the proudest I don't know moment of your life? Um, I don't know. I was yeah. It was. I mean, it was a big moment for my parents definitely because they were stood yeah. in the room yeah. and I got it. They they were crying. Um, 
But yeah, I think, I don't know, the proudest moment of my life. I'm not sure, probably making like the perfect sourdough. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's, that shit's hard. Yeah, it is hard, but that goes wrong. Honestly, I want to end the world because I think I've spent three days doing this and it's not turned say, out. It takes a week to get like the, it takes a week to get like the starter dough. Like, I oh, tried to do it in God, COVID, eh? Game over. Yeah. Terrible. Well, um, no, uh, like in all honesty, I think the proudest moment would probably be my silver at the Olympics because even yeah. though like gold with the team relay was incredible, for me, the silver, like I like I did that, like that one was on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and just everything around it wasn't perfect, but I kind of, yeah, I kind of dealt with everything myself and uh, yeah, it was just, I think that's probably the proudest moment for me. I love that. Absolutely love that. That's cool. Um, Cause yeah, as you said, when it comes to the team side, you know, it's a collective thing. Whereas triathlon, it's, it's a lonely sport. It's an individual sport. So, you know, to get that individual success, I guess is, is, mm. is the pinnacle, is the pinnacle of the game. And hopefully like, I, I wish you the best of luck. Like I reckon the two worst jobs in the world would be selecting the women's team for Great Britain in triathlon and probably the women's team for America. Like those are the two hardest jobs oh, yeah. in the world. But you know, you're a you're a, you're a Super League champion. Came second in the World Series last year. Uh, you know, silver medalist at the last Olympic Games. I think you know you, you're you're a very good shot to do it. And I'm going to be there this year, so I hope to bloody see you there and support you from the sidelines when you come through. Are you going to be at the test event? Uh, no, at the uh, actual Olympic Games. So you better make it so I can support you. So next year. <laughs> if I make the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's what I mean. So so you better get it sorted so I can support you. <laughs> yeah, I'm making all, making all these plans. I'm like, oh, yeah, next year I'm going to go to Font before the Games and stuff. Like, yeah, I've just already said. <laughs> that's the easiest way hey, to get selected is I'm just let yourself turn up like that. You know, exactly. just turn up. Yeah, exactly. we're so good after the games. We'll go to Disneyland and <laughs> on holiday. I've not even made team yet. <laughs> Lovely. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's um thank you so much for coming on, Georgia. Um, no, thank you as very I said, much we know we like we like to keep it around an hour so we can I know you guys are, are very busy and yeah, it's awesome to have you on the show and have another have another female athlete on the show as well. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And I guess just one more thing, like I'm looking at your Georgia's next event, no upcoming events. When is your next event so people know? You you have access to my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just that word triathlon. You're on my uh, Outlook calendar. <laughs> and it tells me 30 days out, so I guess oh. potentially Sunderland or just Paris test event for you, would it? Just a test event for me, yeah. Um, nice. It's, I was kind of gutted that there was no relay in Montreal because I like I was obviously a bit frustrated after the individual. Mm. I was like, Let's go do the relay. And then that didn't yep. happen. So, um, but yeah, Hamburg and Sunderland were never the plan for me because I'm going to altitude. Yeah, fair enough. Like priority, yeah, priority. Awesome. But yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be there in cool. uh, in Paris at the test event. Nice. Well, I'm well. You're you're gonna be on the same mountain range as me. So if you're ever around, j- j- come over to Andorra and come say hello. But if not, we'll see you in Paris. Yeah, because I was hoping to watch the Andorra Mountain Bike World Cup, but I got the dates wrong. Um, I actually looked at uh, yes. last year's date, so I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, this is going to be so good! Going to go watch the mountain bike." And then I got, and then I to Johan, and he was like, "Yeah, it's in like August." I was like, 
Oh, fantastic. I'm not going there. Yeah, I think I think I get to watch. I was actually watching because I want to go watch it because I've got a few friends racing. But we get to watch like the like the heat and semi-finals for the downhill. We may see some practice for the XC, but then we have to fly out because it just doesn't. We miss the race day, and it's like gah. Yeah, but I'll uh, I'll see you in um yeah. If I don't ride over to Andorra away, then I'll see you in Paris. Sounds good. Coffee's better to the side. Right. <laughs> thank you very much, guys. That was fun. <laughs> no, thanks, Georgia. Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too. And uh, yeah, enjoy your day and see you in Paris, Hayden. Sounds good. Teddy. See you later. See you, team. Have a good one. Guys, bye. Very good. Catch you later. Okay, so it's July and we've had a lot of racing and we've done a lot of training this year. And you've probably heard me say it a hundred times, but if you still haven't got yourself some form goggles, then just trust me, stop and try them. They've become my favorite piece of daily training equipment I've added this year. Um, I used to dread swimming. Like I literally used to dread it. And now I find myself more often than not looking forward to it. And I, I think that's because they've made my swimming so much funner. And and maybe the main thing is like more purposeful. And because of that happening like day in, day out, and I've established that consistency, I feel really good in the water. And I look forward to it because I feel good. And I really do put a lot of that down to me being um, you know, like finishing work and being excited to go to the pool and try my goggles. And, and then once I've done that, being excited to do my sessions with them because they really do make sessions a lot easier to do in the pool rather than like dreading how hard they're going to be and how crappy you're going to feel. I know that's what would happen to me. Um, the live data you get in front of your eyes is just, it's something you've got to try for yourself because it's sort of hard to describe. But yeah, once, once you try it, you won't ever go back to your old goggles. And I've been messaged by so many people who have tried them from hearing this and it's all been overwhelmingly positive and saying the same things I say and like being like, I was a bit skeptical, but you know, you're right. They, they actually are great. Like I've been told that God, countless times about how, how someone didn't really believe me, but then tried it and they're like, Oh, I'll, I'll never go back. Same as what you say. So yeah, if, if you're, if you're like, if you're like me and you never used to wear them and you sort of don't look at swimming as the same as you look at your bike where you're pretty willing to spend however much money it is to optimize things, that, that's how I was, or, you know, willing to spend 300 bucks on a new pair of shoes every, every month or two, again, like me, but don't see swimming like that. I reckon bang for buck, your form goggles are going to make more difference than most things you can do over on the other two. So yeah, trust me, I, I would definitely add it to your add it to your daily training equipment if you haven't already. Um, use the discount code HTT15 for 15% off your form goggles if you do decide to buy some.